0: It's mentally yours from Ellen and Evette. Focus on your mental health; you surely won't regret. It's mentally, 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 mentally yours, mentally yours, mentally yours.
2: Hi everyone and welcome to Mentally Yours, your weekly Metro.co.uk podcast about
0: mental health. I'm Yvette. And I'm Ellen. And we both have colds. So if we sound sick, that is why. Yeah, I think I sound really odd. I think I just sound tired and sickly. I think I sound a bit
2: like I'm underwater. But anyway, we won't dwell on that.
0: We'll carry on. We'll be
2: positive. We've got a lovely guest coming up. but Her name is Grace Victory. What a name. We'll be having a chat to her about self-harm and, well, all kinds of things, really.
0: About her book, which is brilliant, which yeah. is really honest about basically everything. So mm. I'm really looking forward to talking to her. But before that,
2: let's remind ourselves of what we were chatting about on last week's show.
0: The seasonal affective disorder is exactly the same as normal depression. It's just that it then kind of has a, a time span. So then it gets to spring when it starts to get lighter and... Uh, and your mood picks up so you know all the same symptoms that you'd have with normal depression of uh having no energy of of having kind of uh unrealistic you know thought patterns of you know that you have no friends and you're a terrible person and you know uh, and not wanting to go anywhere and not wanting not really taking any pleasure in the things that you would normally take pleasure in back to this week let's chat to grace victory about everything mental health
2: Hello. Thanks very much for joining us. So you're known as the Internet's big sister. Yeah. Um, As the Internet's big sister, do you find that your followers um, and readers get in touch with you quite often and do they ever mention their mental health issues?
3: Yeah, I think that my most engaged, viewed, clicked content on Instagram, Twitter, my blog, YouTube, is always either mental health or body image or sex um and so that tells me already that they're looking for either advice or answers or just a bit of support um And yeah, so my Instagram DMs always have messages in there about, um, body confidence and mental health and eating disorders. Um, and like more recently, like childhood traumas, because I'm really open about my trauma and therapy and like recovery and healing. So I think other people are recognizing that they've got childhood trauma now too, Mm -hmm. um, so i grew up in quite a volatile household so my, my dad was really violent towards my mom and um my uncles and other men in my life were the same Um so i had that from a young age and then when i was 12 i was called fat for like the first time and then about two months later i had bulimia um so i just had eating disorders my whole life either wouldn't eat at all or I would binge eat and throw up and because of like never feeling safe and good enough as a child um and other like sexual traumas that have happened to me I internalized all of that um and that manifested with eating disorders and um, post-traumatic stress disorder as well so um I think yeah it's important for people to recognize what's happened to them and then to process that um, and then learn to kind of move
2: on and heal and stuff. What's helped you in in the terms of processing it?
3: Therapy. I know that not a lot of people like therapy or can afford a good therapist um but therapy for me like changed my whole life um and i was saying the other day that i don't recognize myself a year ago six months ago because i've like my growth is so rapid um so definitely yeah like having someone that can like emotionally hold my like issues basically Mm -hmm. and being able to have the capacity to understand what's happened to me um so definitely talking through my problems and just giving myself time like we rarely invest real time into ourselves to you know and check in with yourself like am i doing okay like what's wrong um so doing that um being around amazing people like my friends and loved ones dealing with what's happened to me and allowing myself to grieve allowing myself to feel
0: how long have you been going to therapy
3: so I went to therapy for a year. Yeah. I recently got discharged and it was a massive shock because I genuinely believe I've been in therapy for years. And my therapist, I had brunch with her yesterday because now we're really good friends. And she said, you were like a bird learning to fly. Like you could, you just took off. Um, where some people were in therapy for a really long time. But for yeah. me, I was so ready to get well.
2: Mm.
3: Um, and I love my therapist like so much that I just dedicated my whole life you know this past year to getting better Um, and now I'm out of therapy and I'm kind of like figuring like navigating life with this new kind of mental attitude and like wellness
2: was it a particular branch of therapy like cbt or anything in particular or was it your kind of standard talking about your feelings type thing so
3: i hated cbt (laughs) when i tried that years ago so i have holistic and spiritual therapy so it's no cbt involved it's more like talking through my problems um and Becoming, it's weird to say, but kind of becoming at peace with my trauma. Um, I did a lot of reading around um, bodies and health because a lot of my issues stemmed from I had to be thin. So I looked into, you know, health at every size um, and I kind of found my own little spiritual. Family in terms of like i love like um law of attraction and i love um like getting like massages and reflexology and self-care i think was like the number one thing that like got me better Mm. um realizing that like i am worthy of you know love and kindness and also boundaries i really learned about boundaries and how i was letting people walk all over me both personally and professionally um and just yeah becoming my idea of well which for me is kind of like the best thing ever because now i'm
2: like i love life <laughs> in terms of um going back to your readers um do you feel in quite a position of responsibility when they come to you with their issues um
3: i i get asked this question all the time and i feel like it might look like that way from the outside but it doesn't like i have boundaries in place like i said so mm. You know, I won't reply to my DMs a lot of the time but because I haven't got the time to and the mental space to help everyone else while I'm still healing myself. Um, so... I definitely think that it's important to have boundaries in place and in terms of helping people that's why i do like videos so people can actively go and watch that or a blog post like a general instagram post um otherwise i'll be here like you know all day answering messages and stuff i have tried to do that but it just didn't work because i haven't got the mental space no one has i'm not a therapist you know Mm. i don't have a phd or like formal training in how to help someone I just kind of know what to say to mm. help them in that moment in time. Um, and I do feel guilty sometimes. I've gone onto Instagram before and seen old, old messages from someone you know, suicidal, and that can be quite guilty. Um, but I, I try not to to feel guilt when I'm just one person. Mm. Um, and I try and be there as much as I can, but I can't help everyone.
0: Mm. Have people been kind of understanding of that and understanding that you can't just answer everyone?
3: Yeah, I think they know. I think sometimes I'll just get messages where they just want to offload anyway. They just Mm. want a big old rant, get it out and then move on. I think as well, um, people look at me as a safe person. I'm quite safe to be around. People feel really comfortable around me. Um, So they just feel like they can talk about stuff and that's quite nice. Um, You know, if if I get emails um or like a tweet saying like i really need your help i will like take the time out to reply but i don't get as much as people think that i do Mm. um issues like generic stuff like i'm feeling depressed what you know what can you do and if i see an influx of the same sort of question i will then like do a video on it or talk about it but um generally i think just like my tweets um and blog posts help people um and you know, I, there's a help page on my blog. So, if people are really, really struggling, I'll say, "Look at this help page. There's a link for eating disorder advice. Even things like housing, I've got on my blog, so people know
2: they can go there and like get help from
3: an actual professional person." <laughs>
2: mm. With your DMs, what are the most common questions you get asked? Um,
3: I get asked where I shop actually because obviously I'm just a fashionista out here mm-hmm. and <laughs> um, where I shop I get asked how I stay so confident and positive um and in terms of like mental health I get I get asked what to do if your friend is suffering how to help your friend or your brother or something like that yeah. um and also like advice on therapy mm. um people are very wary of therapy i'm not sure why maybe yeah. it's like i think in america it's a normal thing whereas you in, in england it's like oh you're seeing a therapist You she's really really like effed up do you know what i mean so
2: i get a lot of questions on therapy um what is the advice on um if you've got a friend who's you think's got an issue
3: when you're suffering with mental health issues it's very hard to open up about it when you're really in it at that at that very moment because you're filled with shame and you're embarrassed and you might not trust a lot of people so i tell people if you think your friends you're struggling reach out and say that you're there for them and you're willing to help and listen if they want to you can't force someone to get better it has to be from them um and that's like my number one advice um and also like i tell people to write letters i think Sometimes, when you can't speak, you can write and you can type. So, I say, write a letter. And if you're suffering and you want to tell someone, write it down. That can help massively.
2: That's such wonderful advice. Yeah. Because
3: yeah, I sometimes, like when I'm going through stuff, I can't say it because you just you feel like you're gonna just cry
2: <laughs> mm. um or you might so, upset your friend or your family yeah. by actually saying it yeah yeah
3: and also what i've learned with working with children in care is how you react after you've been told like a disclosure or a massive thing is not to like panic and be like oh my god like be very calm when someone tells you stuff because they don't want to worry you a lot of time children play that part massively mm. they don't want to worry their their mum or their dad or whatever um so how you react to it is also a big thing you mm. be, be like gentle and soft and just very understanding even if you are panicking inside just save that for like later on because um they've told you a massive thing and the last thing they want to do is worry you
2: what's the most difficult question you've been asked difficult this the the, the... The
3: the comments about I'm going to kill myself, that is the diff- most difficult one because that could have been sat there for a month and I haven't seen it because I don't have notifications on because otherwise I won't sleep, I won't eat, I'll be just on my phone all the time. That can be quite difficult um, because I feel guilty. Like, oh my God, like, I could have been the person on my blog. I do say, like, I've got a help page and I mentioned there, like, if you're feeling suicidal, you know, contact samaritans or this person because i it's very unfair to put me in that situation Mm -hmm. um and i also get questions around like puberty and um a lot of the time is my body normal i get asked that quite a lot Mm -hmm. from like my younger um subscribers and followers and stuff
2: have you ever had any that you flat out just can't answer no not that i can
3: think do you know what i can't answer the ones about my career like what are you working on a documentary i'm like i can't say i'm embargoed it's always stuff like that like oh i've i'm doing like a photo shoot but i can't say what it is it's usually the questions like that that i can't answer but like the heavy heavy stuff i usually have an answer or know what to say but if i
0: don't know what to say i'll just say i don't know what to say Mm. are people quite respectful of you and your personality when they're asking you stuff yeah or are there any questions that cross the line a bit um so actually I never talk about sex with the
3: person that I'm currently with yeah so my boyfriend I'll never talk about our sex life because that's like private mm-hmm. um, but I never get questions about that either because I think the, the boundary is just there and, pe- and people just know mm-hmm. um, but like surprisingly like although I'm very open I'm, I also like do save stuff for myself um, but which people don't really see because obviously it's, it's private but yeah usually I'm, I'm just quite open I don't mm-hmm. know why I just am
2: I can understand maybe with the older generations not understanding, because um, I think you kind of get that across the board, but specifically if you have kind of traditional communities where people just don't talk about mental health issues, yeah. but maybe, I mean, in the younger generations, are you finding that there's, are there more people coming out to talk about it, or or do you think people are still kind of a bit wary because they're worried about it, maybe affecting their lives or their careers just generally?
3: to be honest i don't really know i feel like i'm in a bubble sometimes because you social media is very very open with mental health yeah so so in my mind it's being spoken about but then in the real world i don't know if that's translating and Mm. people are talking about it with with family members and and people that really 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 matter and can help Mm. um i just think that people were more aware of how they feel and that they don't feel quite right, and they're not sure what's happening. Um, but it, it's it's education, it's having a strong network support. You know, you don't usually just get an issue out of nowhere. Um, I, I I believe that trauma is is what is causing a lot of the mental health issues that we see in society. Not everything, um, obviously, but you know, eating disorders is usually from some sort of trauma depression is used from some sort of trauma. And until we start really looking at society and what's going on, Mm -hmm. we're never gonna be able to, you know, quote, fix fix people because you can't fix an issue unless you fix why the issue has, has happened. I think family is a big thing. So I know that if I had a, if I had, if I felt like I had a real family and felt safe at home, I would have spoken to someone about what was going on. But I didn't because I didn't feel safe enough. So I think family a massive thing, but also school. Like schools don't care about anything apart from offsetting your grades. Like I'm just going to put it out there, they don't. Um, and there needs to be some sort of liaison, liaison, yeah, yeah, Li- yeah, officer or something like that at school. But also I think they should teach self-care at school yeah um and they should have some sort of procedure that actually looks out the wellness and well-being of the pupils that they have at their schools um and also people should speak families should speak to school schools should seek social services police social like whoever's involved in that ch- in that child's life there should be conversations happening um because that's where things you know go wrong when people don't talk about stuff So I think that needs to happen. And also money. We need more money. Um, The NHS is wonderful, but the mental health services often fails people. It's failed me numerous times. It's failed people that I know, children that I know, adults that I know. Um, But private help is expensive and people haven't got the money for it. So um, there needs to be like an overhaul, in my opinion, with money um, and mental health services I mean, there's a lot to be done, yeah. to be honest. Mm, many and things. I feel like maybe as a society, we should we should help each other more, and people should use their platforms because um, that's how young people are engaged now. You know, they're engaged with their favorite YouTubers or their favorite celebrities, and I think that just being vocal about certain things can also make a massive difference. It might not make a great impact, but I think it can. If it helps just one person, then you know that's that's better than none. Mm. I think there's proof that it is
0: helping a lot of people even just having someone you can see like okay they're going through something like i am yeah is incredibly helpful yeah Mm -hmm. exactly
2: but then having it to like you say the backup you know money in the nhs and also that ties into the school stuff as well they're also not spending enough money on schools in general but there's no kind of mental health aspect to the curriculum or anything like Mm. that what do you think could be done
3: Um, I feel like self-esteem classes and self-love and general like mental well-being should be on the curriculum Mm. I just feel like schools are very much about grades and they don't really care about anything else Mm. a child is not going to get amazing grades or you know isn't going to behave in class if they've got a really 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 difficult family life you know Mm. and even if they are well behaved. They can still have stuff going on at home. And I think that, I don't know if teachers should have some sort of training around the signs mm. of mental health or like grooming because we're failing our children and they spend more time at school but when they're a child, more than they do at home. So when they're at school, like eight till three, whatever it is, they're your responsibility. Like, and if they're not happy and something's going on, then who, who, who can they talk to And how do they um, express how they feel? Um, So I just feel like, yeah, it should be part of curriculum. And Mm -hmm. self-care as well. Like, you know, I'm seeing teenagers, young adults, not know how to practice self-care, basic Mm -hmm. self-care, because no one teaches it to them. I know that it's parents as well, um, but also the government are failing them because they're not getting the support they need if they're struggling with money or, um, you know, abusive partners or whatever it is. Mm. So I just think people need to care a bit more not necessarily us but you know people in charge they need to care a bit more
0: because there are individual schools doing stuff like my brother works at a school where they have people who are always there kind of as a liaison for mental health stuff um a lot of teachers are trained in now mental health first aid yeah kind of for crisis okay yeah but um unless the government steps in and actually makes it compulsory yeah there's no kind of impetus for everyone to do it yeah or that's how it. that's
3: how it has to be Exactly, and it has to be um you know proactive and not reactive you'll see yeah. changes happen when someone's died or um, a young girl's committing suicide or um there's been like a physical assault because of bullying and like being reactive isn't good enough it has mm. to be proactive it has to be from the offset they go into year seven here's what's going to happen mm. um and it's not like that
0: and, and that's i think where you know yeah. some of the issues lie because also everyone needs to learn about mental health and yeah. how to notice when they're not feeling great and what to do yeah. if they don't feel good mm. and it's like a universal thing like you learn about mental health and it
3: stays with you like it's there yeah. like i can we walk down the street and i can just clock something like
2: if someone's not okay i get the vibe like you just know one of the things that you mentioned that people ask a lot is how you um, stay so confident?
3: I've always been confident. So I went to performing art school and I was like dancing when I was two. So it's just who I am. Even when I was very, very depressed as a child, I am quite a confident person. Um, and I think that learning who i am has played i think in the past year i've like grown a lot and my subscribers are like oh my god you're so different to how you used to be because i'm very very comfortable with who i am because i know who i am and i had to find like my identity i had to explore um like my caribbean side i had to really 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 work on myself um and develop myself personally um, to find confidence, and I just think it comes with age and time, and you have to invest and um, processing my trauma and like being around people that like love me for who I am, um, that helped massively. And fashion, I feel like there's no problem with using fashion and makeup to be confident. Like I love being bare faced. um, But if I'm feeling like crap, I'm going to put on an extra layer of like concealer or whatever. And that's okay. Makeup is great. Like if you feel crap, red lipstick done, dusted done. Exactly, And like fashion as well. Like I think people don't, I think I've had training with children in care and stuff, but like, identity and a sense of belonging plays like a massive part in your well-being so when you can express yourself in either like singing or dancing or makeup or fashion it just helps who it helps develop who you are Mm. so for me I love fashion and if I put together a sick outfit I feel confident and that and and that's safe that's that's you know that's okay it's not gonna harm me um my bank balance maybe (laughs) but um that and that's fine and I just do I just do all the stuff that makes me happy more and I think that's what people need to do more is do stuff that makes you happy and makes you feel good and then you feel confident
0: I think a lot of why you're so helpful is that you're just honest about your experience like you're not a professional with a PhD yeah you're being really open yeah um are you ever scared to be that open like is it ever nerve-wracking to kind of throw Mm. out what you've been through online
3: uh I sometimes get a bit hesitant Mm. because, not usually with writing blog posts, but on YouTube, people are just vile. Yes. um, Mm -hmm. And you get like trolls and negative comments. Um, So I'm hesitant on YouTube usually, but if I feel compelled to do something and my gut instinct is to do it, I'll go with that. Mm. Um, I don't talk about my sexual trauma a lot, mainly because the transference of that I yeah. think he's really, really hard. And I don't want to open a can of worms for someone and then being at home with their abuser or whatever and them not being able to emotionally handle that. Mm. Um, so I rarely talk about that. It's in my book, but that's because that's a safe thing. Um, but in terms of, like, mental health, I think that I'm just, like... Born to do this kind of stuff and it just feels very natural to me to talk about certain issues that people find taboo um and I don't find a lot of stuff taboo <laughs> so I just yeah use my voice I think that I'm like meant to help people
2: um on a slightly more negative note you mentioned trolls obviously that's kind of a fact of life for everyone online these days but yeah. especially being so successful online how do you deal with them do you have any kind of tips or yeah I think compared to most
3: people who do what I do, I don't really get many, mainly because I feel like they just know not to try it with me. <laughs> um, but if I do get a troll, it depends on what they say and what kind of mood I'm in. If I'm due on and I'm moody, then I'm ready to have a massive fight. Mm-hmm. Um, but other times I will just ignore it or like block, mute. Um if it's on like racial issues and stuff, I tend to reply because I'm just really angry um, about that at the moment, or um, like human know. rights Quite stuff a few and stuff, and you know, trolling with anything. But if it's significant usual control, like, oh my God, you're so yeah. ugly, or whatever, i she's just really sort of helped me
2: I'm not <laughs> manage things like work-life <laughs> balance and totally One of the best things I sort of picked up from her is like thinking about my life in terms of a pie chart, because at one point I realised that. 95 percent of my sort of my life or certainly my brain power mm. was taken up by work and then I was wondering why, why I didn't have any time to see friends and family and why I didn't have any sort of love life so okay. it's, it's almost like that's that side of things is almost sounds more like a life coachy type thing but mm. when I initially went to talk to her I was just really sort of stressed and tired and I was always kind of I wasn't really meaning to talk about work but I was talking about work a lot yeah um, but then wondering why I was really tired and depressed and all this sort of stuff. So is it's, it decided? Like it's no more. The way that we've done. left it is that now um, she's always sort of there if I want to sort of book in another appointment. Yeah. Uh, doors open, always open, or whatever. But um, yeah, that's that's it for now officially. Because I, I mean, I, when she sort of said it, I thought, yeah, actually, things have been going pretty well, and it's yeah, I don't, I didn't really feel like I needed. To sort of see her again for a while, and and again because we'd had a break anyway, because she had been away and I'd been away, and it's been fine. How do you feel about it? Do you feel like nervous or like I no, ticked I've it off? It's done. No, I feel pretty good about it. But I think I feel good about it because I know that she's there still. Yeah. So um, I I guess it's nice to have that sort of support because beforehand I'd kind of I mean it, for for sort of for years really I'd sort of just been on medication and before that I'd had a bit of therapy with just random people and that hadn't been very productive or I just hadn't found the right sort of person mm. um so it's really nice now to just have someone who I can go back to if if I need to or if I you know
0: yeah
2: am having a bit of a blip so yeah I feel quite positive about it
0: I think that's useful I think because I think everyone can benefit from therapy but not everyone needs it like those routine appointments because you might just turn up and be like there's nothing I really need to talk about this week yeah so that's interesting I didn't know that that was kind of like an option that you could just have them there if you needed them yeah
2: so that's good to know well yeah in private therapy I guess you just kind of decide what works for you I mean um, I sp- or I suppose you could sort of maybe it works in other ways like if you need it more regularly to start with you put, maybe would go from like a week to fortnightly to monthly and then you'd sort of
1: just have it in that sort of situation
0: So something I'm really angry about this week is um, the lack of trigger warnings on stuff mm-hmm. and how reluctant people are to put trigger warnings on things. Yeah. Um, like I've noticed in a lot of TV shows, they don't mention it when it's coming up or in the beginning of films, in articles. Um, Did 13 Reasons Why have any trigger warnings? It had one at one of the episodes saying like this depicts scenes of suicide, like if you're distressed, call this number. Um, mm but so, the, whole, yeah.
2: the whole series was, for me, quite problematic, but
0: sorry. I think that's the thing, but it's just... I didn't mind too much about that because I think going in, you know what it's about. Yeah, It's quite clear mm-hmm. and, you know, it's never unexpected. I think that's the issue with... That's why we need trigger warnings, to mm. know what's coming up and not be taken off guard. Mm. Um, and I think just the lack of them on some things where you would never expect to see stuff... Mm-hmm. like even not not to bad the mind well, we in any way really before, because I love them but a lot of people that yes, I follow we really were quite upset by descriptions of um what's it called when they were holding people down and restraining them mm. because they'd actually experienced that and there wasn't any trigger warning regarding that at all mm-hmm. um and I think a lot of people could find that quite distressing and it's just tiny things like that where it's like it's not enough to just at the beginning go like this might be distressing so mm-hmm. like you know watch at your own risk you actually need to be quite specific and say this has a scene of you know someone throwing up if someone's emetophobic Mm. um or this has a scene of a house burning down for someone who's got obsessive thoughts about houses burning down like i i know that there probably are websites where they have all of that guided but I think when people are saying oh I wish you'd had this trigger warning or I wish you would have added this the reluctance and the backlash they get sometimes is really frustrating like you'll see a lot of people being like oh that's ridiculous like you're being such a snowflake like triggered blah it's like this is just a really small thing that you could do to help make people less distressed and more comfortable in the world and feel more free to enjoy you know just general entertainment and popular media without worrying constantly something's going to come up that's going to really upset me Mm. Even just stuff where it's like sexual assault, like I very rarely will see sexual assault triggers and there will be quite graphic scenes of lack of consent. Mm. And if you've been through that, it's not something you want to see at all. So mm. I just think I'm annoyed by the lack of trigger warnings, but more so I'm annoyed when people react and like, well, why would you need those? And like really defensive when it's just it's It's so easy
2: to do as well isn't it yeah and it's weird weird, isn't it if people are sort of complaining about them because obviously they're not affected by those issues and it's just sort of like a screen at the beginning or you know a a note at the beginning of an article sort of saying that I mean yeah if I sort of and it's it's super easy to do like I watch American Horror Story at the start of them it's all there it's only up like it's very clear that's what it is it doesn't disrupt you probably wouldn't watch American Horror Story if you were you know in a slightly fragile place anyway but it does say very clearly
0: yeah
2: so I don't see why I can't have that on
0: other, th- other things. Do you have any other kind of examples of where that's happening? I'm trying to think of it. Because for me, not personally. Like, the only things that will possibly trigger stuff will be, you know, like, things catching fire or um, rape scenes, that kind of thing. Also, like, drug use and stuff like that, which a lot of times isn't trigger warning. And mm-hmm. I think... Um, it's it's difficult because you can't obviously trigger warning everything about life like if you have mental health issues you're going to go out in the world and you're going to see things that are distressing or spark certain thoughts like if you are struggling with substance abuse you might see someone drinking and that's going to be difficult for you and that's understandable no one's saying like we have to police everything and never do anything that could possibly upset anyone but in those small ways where it's like okay i'm Creating a TV show or writing an article, it really doesn't take much effort to just go, like, this contains scenes like this. Mm. You might find that distressing. Possibly don't watch or hear some support if you are going torture anyway. Yeah.
1: is goodbye
0: from mentally yours. So go away, enjoy your day, get on with all your chores from mentally, 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 mentally yours. Mentally yours. Mentally yours. If you've struggled with any of the issues we discussed today please contact the samaritans on 116 123 or go to their website at samaritans.org if you've enjoyed the show then please give us a review or rate us on
2: itunes please tweet us on mentally yours which is mentally yrs or come and have a chat to us on our facebook group which is mentally yours thanks very much to sam bonham our producer and to lucy baker for the jingles and of course to our lovely guest
0: see you next week bye